I was working at a youth rehab center and one of the boys ran away. And so talk about that. Like he greeted me at breakfast and was gone by lunch and wrestling with that and just so many other little moments and help me recognize, hey, the little moments matter. And then it helps readers recognize, hey, those little moments do actually matter. Welcome to the Radiant Pearl Living Podcast, where you will hear fearless stories to nurture your dreams and inspire you to live a radiant lifestyle you love. Now, here is your host, Stacey Zand. Hi, Radiant Pearl, and welcome to episode 30. Happy New Year. The idea of your story matters and writing well continues with this interview featuring today's guest speaker, Katie Axelson, an author, speaker, and pastor who loves to link arms with women and help them draw closer to Jesus. She's the host of Have Hope Will Travel podcast, where she celebrates differences and learn to love people well. You're going to enjoy this episode and discussion with Katie, and be sure to stick around until the very end, where I share some radiant pearl takeaways as is customary. Have you thought about your personal story? As we've discussed in great detail during our workshops at the end of 2020, we will continue to discuss the power of your personal story and how to present your story confidently on January, Tuesday, the 19th at 8 p.m. You'll want to make sure you have a designated space to record and get clear on your personal story. If you would like more help with this and have a story to share when it comes to your home, learn more more about opportunities available to be featured as a co-author in an upcoming book and have your story shared in audio format as well as in an upcoming series to be released on our podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Fearless Creator Artistic Project, sponsored by Fulton County Arts and Culture to provide a space where there will be an ongoing compilation of opportunities to meet online, learn, share, and enjoy art. The first workshop of the series began in November and this workshop series continues as it will serve as a respite and encouragement to those who wish to participate and write well in community. Learn more at thefearlesscreator.com slash writing well or text writing well to 66866. Everything we discuss in this episode, including the show notes, can be found at radiantpearlliving.com slash episode 30. Thanks for having me, Stacey. I appreciate it. <laughs> so today we definitely want to ask one of our top questions that so many people go in search of. And that is, how did you find your purpose and what is your purpose? Ooh, that's a good question. So my purpose, as I understand it right now, is to link arms with other women and to take one step closer to Jesus together. And I found it by realizing that my purpose isn't actually some big idea that's out there in the world that's my responsibility to track down. It's a matter of discovering what I enjoy, what I'm passionate about, what other people tell me I'm good at, and then turning that into something that's going to benefit the world. Because ultimately, my purpose is to love God and be loved by Him, right? And then I can use that to make Him known. And so for me, that has looked like writing. It looked like writing to begin with because it's something that I'm passionate about. And it's something that I really, really enjoy. From there, it turned into going to seminary and becoming a pastor. From there, it turned into hosting a podcast. And it's a slow progression. It's not one job description, but a passion to link arms with women and to step closer to Jesus together. And so then it became trial and error of trying different things and figuring it out. 
Awesome. I love the excitement and the joy that exudes as you're sharing your purpose. Is it safe to say that's your passion or what would you like to say is your passion in this season? Yeah, I definitely think that that's a passion point of mine. I think that we all have multiple passions, right? But that is definitely a huge passion point of mine is seeing other women, especially, and I'm not sad if men grow closer to Jesus too, right? <laughs> but my passion, of course, is helping the women to, and to see them fall deeper in love with Jesus and come to know the Father in new ways and see Holy Spirit moving in their world. It blows my mind and it energizes me and keeps me going. You mentioned that you went to seminary. So Mm -hmm. obviously you um, had experience and answered that call. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know how that plays a role in you being able to write well. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, also with you being an author. Yeah. So I'm going to answer a question you didn't ask first. And that (laughs) is that answering the call to go to seminary was actually a really hard one because I'm a woman and I grew up Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and they don't ordain women. So it took me a long time to realize that that was actually part of my call because I was like, oh, women don't do that. Like, maybe I'll just marry a pastor. You know, that would be great. And then the Lord was like, hey, no, this invitation is actually for you as well. And so it became a journey for me of walking through seminary and figuring out what even is this. And it's affected my writing and my presentation and everything like that in the sense of like, I read scripture with a whole new set of eyes now. And sometimes that means I have to pull myself back because I'm too critical of what I am hearing from other pastors or what I think I'm reading in scripture and interpretations and kind of walking through that. But at the same time, like it taught me the skills to be able to research, to know that I'm presenting scripture in a holistic way and in what was actually intended for the original context. I have a friend who's a rabbi and we sat down one day while I was in seminary because I was working on an Old Testament passage and wrestled through the passage. And I said, this theme is repeated six times in this passage. That's pretty cool, but too bad there's not a seventh. And I was like ready to let it go. And he goes, no, 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 that's not good enough for a rabbi. There is a seventh. We just have to find it. And I say that that's the rabbi who taught me how to read scripture because it looks totally different now that I know, oh, there is a seventh. I just have to figure out where it is. And we did find it. It was presented totally differently than than the other six had been in that particular passage, but it was there. And I feel like it makes me a stronger writer because it makes me more aware of the scripture, but it also makes me more aware of the people who are reading. I've been through different journeys. We all have, right? But instead of just having my one perspective, now I have the perspective of the people who go to my church or my friends or the people who don't know Jesus. Like I've got all those different perspectives in a way that I would not have been accustomed to prior to seminary. That's awesome. I love that you mentioned and brought out a key component in really writing and writing well, um, integrating your experience, your perspective that Mm -hmm. plays such a great role in what you do end up putting together and sharing with the world to impact the world with your words. But then the person who's on the other end reading also they have their own experiences and their own perspective so that they get something totally different and I think that's where there's a fine line between knowing and being in a place where you're sensitive what message is am I supposed to convey through these passages or through what I'm Mm -hmm. sharing through words and then of course when you're faith-led then you're inspired Mm -hmm. and you ask for guidance through prayer right I would love for you to share because you have that unique experience and perspective when it comes to planning Mm. your process and planning for that radiant life that you love as a writer. Yeah. 
So I've done different things throughout the year, but what has really resonated with me lately was last January when we were switching into 2020 and just the realization of we're moving into a whole new decade. And where was I in 2010 is not anywhere near where I was at the beginning of 2020. And so it got me thinking about what did 2010 look like? What does 2020 look like? And then what do I want 2030 to look like? And so when I was planning for this particular year, that's where I started of who do I want to be come 2030? And then I scaled it back of, okay, if that's who I want to become 2030, who do I need to be in 2021? And who do I want to be at the end of 2020? And then what does it look like to take one step towards that today? And so from the long range goal of 2030, I scaled it back and sat down with small steps that I can take today, this week, this year to move towards the women that I want to be come 2030. And most of them are measurable in the sense of like, I like to write 500 words a day because I feel like on most days you can sit down and get 500 words out in like 20, 30 minutes. We've all spent 20, 30 minutes scrolling on the internet, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but the writing is going to be more fruitful in the long term. So I set the measurable goal of I want to write 500 words a day. And then I set the measurable goal of I want to read 52 books this year. I'm not going to make that one, but I still set the goal and it gave me something to work towards and I didn't make it this year. So I'm going to try again next year. We'll keep working towards it until I made it. But then I'll celebrate the little progresses forward. So if I miss a day of writing or like if I don't get all of my books read, no big deal. But I'm going to celebrate it when I do of, okay, I didn't make 52 books, but I made, I actually don't know how many I made, but let's say 10. Let's celebrate the 10. And what made those 10 awesome? And so move forward in that sense. And when 500 words gets easy, some days I can do 600 or 700, but I start with a 500 because it's achievable. I love that. I love that you incorporate rewarding yourself when you set a plan in place in spite of... The fact that you may not have reached that specific goal, you know, you're still attaining and working towards. That's such a beautiful takeaway for people to consider how they can incorporate that in their plan as well. And I would love to find out for being in that unique place of helping people. I know a lot of times to be relatable, we have to share personal experiences and setbacks. And I'd love to find out what sort of setbacks or Mm. experiences you've gone through and how did you overcome? Yeah, trying to pick one that I want to talk about is a hard thing. (laughs) I think there's the setback of setback is a loose term of being a woman who felt called to pastoral ministry. I grew up believing that wasn't actually a thing. And then I went to a Baptist college and I realized that some of my Baptist women friends, well, they could go to to div school is what they called it, which is seminary. You come out with the same degree. And I was like, oh, well, okay, they can do it, but I can't. And so I wrestled with that for a while. I could be a missionary. I could be a teacher, but I couldn't be a pastor. Like there was just some reason I couldn't do that. And that's just what my church did or the church body that we were part of did. And then at one point I moved to a different state and started attending a different church simply because that's where my friends were going. And it was also a Lutheran church, but it was not an LCMS church. And it had a woman pastor. And I thought, huh, she's Lutheran and she's a pastor. Maybe the call to seminary isn't just for my Baptist friends. Maybe it could be for me too. And I remember sitting down with her one day and she said, I like to talk to the children's ministry as often as I can. And she said, because I want those little girls to grow up knowing that they could be a pastor. And when I sat in her office hearing her say that I was 25, 28, however old I was, and was like, oh my gosh, I'm that little girl who didn't know she could grow up to be a pastor. And that was probably April or May. By the end of May, I had submitted applications to seminary and I enrolled that fall. And so by the time I finally felt like I had that quote unquote permission to do it, I was ready to roll. 
And that doesn't mean it was an easy journey. In fact, like there were some really hard things that happened while I was in seminary, but it was still the starting place, the kick in the pants to get me to move forward. Wow. That's so interesting. and such a beautiful thing to see examples before Mm -hmm. us and and to know how important that's been a thread, a theme that I've been finding in our series is how important it is for mentorship, how important Mm -hmm. it is to really have someone be able to guide you and to let you know, hey, this is possible. And I am a witness to that. And I want to encourage you to go after what it is that is your mission, what it is that you're called to do. And all you have to do is simply answer the call. That Mm -hmm. is so powerful. You're an author. So I would love Mm -hmm. for you to share with your particular work. Mm -hmm. How is there a particular part that you know has really resonated with your readers and they've shared that with you or Mm -hmm. while you were in the process of writing it that really stood out and impacted you? Sure. So I think the part that's been most impactful, both for me as well as for my readers, has been an ebook that I wrote called Jesus Shoes, following his footsteps through the Latin American mission field. So I lived abroad for as a missionary for a year. Um, and I was I was basically a nomad. Um, I traveled from country to country for a year and I was trying to find a way to process the trip and to figure out how to talk about it and all of those things. And so I sat down and I pulled one, I actually pulled a handful at first, but ended up compiling a book of one short story from every single country. So it's kind of like 11 months and 11,000 words because each story is about a thousand words long, but it gave me a bite-sized grasp on what was going on in that particular country or the people that I met there. And it gave us a starting place to have a conversation because when I got home from that trip, people didn't know how to ask about it. They're like, so tell me um, about your trip. And I was like, what do you want to know about my trip? They're like everything. And I'm like, how long do you have? Because we could be here for literally (laughs) a year and a half. The like short version of tell me everything took three hours. So I was like, that's not feasible, but I could give them a story and it gave me a chance to figure out my own perspective on what happened. But then it also helped others see the little moments in their own lives and see the little moments that they would have walked by, you know, like, There are stories about a house that I didn't particularly like living in or stories about when we loved on a widow. She just wanted someone to talk to. She told us she wanted us to hang pictures. Yeah, she did. She had plaster walls. We weren't hanging anything. And I was working at a youth rehab center and one of the boys ran away. And so talked about that. Like he greeted me at breakfast and was gone by lunch and wrestling with that and just so many other little moments and help me recognize, hey, the little moments matter. And then it helps readers recognize, hey, those little moments do actually matter. And I still have a practice that usually my 500 words actually are recapping something from that day or maybe the day before of sitting down and going, hey, this was a little moment that I could just breeze by, but I want to sit here and appreciate it. And one of the other things that I do when I'm journaling is at the end of a day, when I have left my house, like it doesn't count when we're in quarantine, right? And we're all just sitting around at home. (laughs) But a day like when I leave my house, I write out the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think I just missed one. Pretend they're all there because I write them all out. (laughs) And then I think about, okay, what's a way where I saw kindness today? What's a way where I saw joy today? What's a way where I saw gentleness today? What's a way where I saw faithfulness today? What's a way where I exhibited self-control today? And I go through every single one of them. And it could be something that I just witnessed. It could be something that I participated in. It could be something I received. It doesn't matter. It just needs to be from that particular day. And it helps me realize, oh, hey, maybe this day wasn't as terrible as I thought. 
That gives so much food for thought, you know, when you think about the fact that really the simple things in life, how we let it pass us by and we don't take the time to really just relish in the moment and what we just experience in life. Life is to be cherished and to be treasured and a part of writing well and just living life and incorporating writing as a part of your journey, you know, Mm -hmm. really does allow you to cherish those, just like you said, those Mm -hmm. small moments that is all a part of that big picture plan of molding you into the person that you will become in essence and that will impact others through you sharing that story and the life that you lived and I love that I love that you pointed out I was going to ask next your writing journey like if you actually have a journal that you keep yeah you know even for the book that you just mentioned Mm -hmm. that recollection did that happen you compiling and putting the book together was it from a journal that you had made those records or did you just sit down one go and just start (laughs) writing everything in one shot I wish I I could say it was just one shot, sit down and an hour later, you've got a book. No, I have a journal that I use just about every day. It's kind of a prayer journal. I think of it as a conversation between me and God. So I've got two pens when I'm journaling. I've got the black pen, that's me. And whatever color pen I could find that's not black, that's God. And so sometimes it's just me externally processing about my day, or maybe I'm praying scripture. We can pretend I'm really holy like that or like any number of things. And then if I feel like the Lord is saying something or there's a thought that I don't think is my own, I'll write it down in the blue pen. And then I'll reflect on it later of like, was that actually God? Do I actually need to move forward on this? So that's my journaling practice. My writing practice is actually kind of separate from that. The journaling is the day-to-day of this is what's going on. It's where I've got my fruit of the spirit list, those kinds of things. For my writing, I use a program called Scrivener. And I have a Scrivener document entitled All the Good Ideas. And so I put my 500 words in All the Good Ideas. And it can be any random story that has come to my mind, any random teaching point. If I'm leaning into a scripture, anything that I'm noticing about that particular passage or anything, all the good ideas. And sometimes they are literally 500 words and that's it and it's done. And sometimes I'll be writing and 3,000 words will fall out of my fingertips and I feel like I've got a good portion of a chapter at that point. It really depends on what's going on and I don't hate myself or shame myself if it's one way or the other. I aim for the 500 words and if I make 150, so be it. But all the good ideas also helps me come back and see a couple of days later, oh, this was only a 150 word half-developed story, I think I can take this further and move it forward. And that way I've got everything all compiled in one place. With Scrivener, it's really easy to move things around. So I've got drafts of books in there and it just, you roll with it. Wow, beautiful. I love that process. Thanks for breaking that down for us. I'd love to find out then, because you do have that process in place, how many books are you hoping to (laughs) crank out? (laughs) Right? Yes, yes. Yes, that's a good question. I don't know. I have two ebooks on Amazon right now, Jesus Shoes that I was talking about earlier, and then another book called Dare to Hope, um, which is quite a bit shorter. And then I released a workbook for Easter this last spring because we were we were all sheltered at home, right? So it was a different kind of Easter. And so what does it look to walk through the Holy Week journey from your house? Mm -hmm. So there's the workbook that's available on my website for free. Um, And then I've got a couple of other books like floating around in my head. One is inspired by a woman that I met. She was a high school girl in China and they stood up to introduce themselves and they had the craziest English names that you could think of. Like I met Kangaroo and Snowflake and 
all sorts of other unique names. And this particular girl stood up and said, my name is Loser because I make mistakes. Hmm. And it broke my heart. And I didn't think of it in the time, but I wish that I would have given her a better English name. And so my book is about, it's an unpublished book, is about identity of like, the Lord has given us a better name. And we've called ourselves loser because we make mistakes, but that's not who we are. So maybe someday that book will get published or the other one that I've got that I'm really enjoying drafting right now is the working title is called But God, which the first half of the book is the like Moses, but God, no excuses of no God, but I don't want to do that, but I'm not good at speaking, but and then just all of that. And then the second half of the book is I thought everything was falling apart, but God turned it around and this is how it turned out awesome. I'm realizing not everything turns around and is awesome. Like Moses still didn't get to go into the promised land, but what did God do in and through Moses in and through the book of Acts is a great, but God example, all hope was lost. They're stuck in prison, but God got them out. And so those are the two drafts that I'm kind of playing around with that maybe someday will get released. That's awesome. Thanks for giving us a little peek there Mm -hmm. in the writer's mind, writing Mm -hmm. during. I know there's going to be so much that those who are hoping to just take that leap and put pen to paper, and maybe it can start from simply just keeping a journal, you know, where you Mm -hmm. just record your moments and your experiences and those things that you went through that you want to cherish in the here and now from that day and then eventually collecting all of that into a book or utilizing a program like you just mentioned you use because I think it's so key in finding out how others are able to achieve you have such a creative mind Katie and thank you Yes, you're welcome. And there's so many people who don't recognize that we were all created in the image Mm -hmm. of our maker. He's the master creator. We love to say here. And so fearless creators, that's so (laughs) much a part of who we are and can be. But we just need to sometimes get that nudge, that encouragement that Mm -hmm. says, hey, yes, you can do this. And Mm -hmm. here are the tools. Let me equip you and let me show you just like the lady pastor who made it her mission to also impart that possibility. That's so Mm -hmm. awesome. So are there any final words of encouragement, especially when it comes to writing well, that you would love to leave with our listeners? So I have two thoughts. The one is specifically for writing and writing well. Get your butt in the chair. Like that's the best way to write well, get it out. One of the writers that I've learned a lot from is a man named Jeff Goins. And he talks about how drafting is a five-step method. And I affectionately refer to the first draft as the puke draft. Literally get it out on paper. Doesn't have to be pretty. It just needs to be out there. Because once you get it out there, that's when you can move into the second step. And that's where those draft books that I'm talking about right now are of... I'm kind of finagling them, figuring out, does this work together? Does this not? Does this even fit in the context of this book? Does it not? What's the themes that I'm pulling out here? Those kinds of things. And then you move forward to having a final product. But you can't have a final product without getting your rear end in that chair and starting. So start with where you are. Create a document that's just going to hold stuff that you may or may not ever use but get it started. And so editors are there to help you make it better. That's what editors do. So you don't feel like you have to get it all right the first time, just get it down. And then my second thought is to the writers, but also to all creatives. And that is, there's no shame in your passion not being your day job. I think sometimes in creative realms, we talk about ditching the nine to five or turning your passion into your job. And those are all good things, but that's also not everyone's story. Mm-hmm. And some passions, you're just not going to be able to make a living off of, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to like your day job and to have a side hustle or a side hobby or a passion. And it could be, they can be in totally different realms and there's nothing wrong with that. 
but recognizing, hey, you're probably good at your day job. And if nothing else, it's bringing food in as long as you've also got the margin to be able to work on your passion. And those two can coexist. It's a both and it doesn't have to be the one or the other. Hmm, Beautiful. Thanks for that encouragement today. I would love for you to share how people are going to be able to find and connect with you, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at katieaxelson.com. That's K-A-T-I-E-A-X-E-L-S-O-N.com. And then I'm the same handle on Instagram, Katie Axelson. And then I'm Katie Axelson Writer on Facebook. And the name of the podcast is Have Hope Will Travel. Awesome. And of course, we're going to link to all of that in the show notes. So people will be able to find your book as well as, you know, your website and just connecting with the amazing work that you're doing. You're encouraging the body of Christ and then even going further with connecting people impacting this world with your words. Thank you for that, Katie. Thank you very much. It was such a delight to have Katie share her personal story and the impact of her personal story here today. So I want to take the time now to actually share some Radiant Pearl takeaways from this conversation as is customary. So number one, I really enjoyed the fact that we need to celebrate the small wins. When you make goals and achieve even a part of your goal, it is so important to take the time to celebrate that small win. And then start planning from a place that is achievable. It is important to see examples before us of what we desire to become or to be that example for those coming up behind us. Mentorship. We've heard this time and time again, but in our heart of hearts and with just what we see before us, we know that this is what will make all the difference. And you knowing that you can do something is having a mentor that has gone before you and showing you the ropes as to how to achieve what they've already accomplished. And then making meaning and sense from experiences is best shared through stories. That is why we're spending so much time on sharing and knowing your personal story. Another takeaway, radiant takeaway, is that the little moments matter. Don't breeze by the moments. Take time to record life and moments you've experienced in life that can help you tell your story. When you journal and celebrate the small wins, moments that really should be cherished that won't just pass you by because you've taken the time, the necessary time to sit down, mull it over and record it. So what does your journaling practice look like? Katie shares hers as having her journal entry be a conversation between her and God where she writes her thoughts and some of those thoughts may not necessarily be her original own thoughts and then she can evaluate later and see if it was really God speaking to her in that moment. I I absolutely love this. A tool to look into for recording your book ideas is Scrivener. She mentioned that and so we're linking to that. I can't tell you how important it really is to have a place where you can record your stories and ideas so that when the time comes to make what you have recorded into something, something beautiful, ravishing, radiant that you can publish or simply pass down as a collection for your family to treasure, you are ready. And last but definitely not least, start with where you are. 
As we continue to share multi-generational stories that inspire, I want to invite you to tell a friend about this podcast. Tag me on Instagram or Facebook. What was your greatest takeaway when it comes to sharing your personal story and recognizing that the little moments really does matter. Remember, we love being social and hearing from you. So connect with each other and me on Instagram at Lady Stacey's Aunt or at Radiant Pro Living, where I personally respond and reshare your highlights of your takeaways when you tag me. We can also connect at the Radiant Pro Living Facebook page and group. Simply use hashtag Radiant Pro Living Writing Well for a chance to be featured. Listen to the stories of our elders, millennial mentees who've become mentors themselves as you strive to find your purpose. Delve deeper in the discussion and ideas through journal questions provided in our weekly newsletter. Thank you for listening to Radiant Pearl Living RPL Live with Stacey's aunt. Visit us at radiantpearlliving.com slash episode 30. And I look forward to connecting with you as I encourage you to live a radiant life you love.